Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today, my guest is one of the most iconic, prolific, and outstanding actors in the world, Kathleen Turner. You know Kathleen from movies like Peggy Sue Got Married, Romancing the Stone, and TV shows like Californication, and the upcoming season two of The Kaminsky Method, where she works with her longtime collaborator, Michael Douglas. I had the immense pleasure of working with her in a master class, and she taught me so much, so I'm so excited for you guys to hear what she has to say about the craft and her body of work. So without any further delay, here is Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner, welcome to An Actor Despairs. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for asking me, Ryan. I just wanted to say the lifelong gratitude I have to you because we uh, I got the pleasure to meet you a month ago doing a master class of yours. And as we just spoke before we started recording, you get you get lost in this journey sometimes and you forget about why you, you got into acting. And it, it's the business, it's casting directors, if they don't know me. And there was a day where you had us do monologues. And it was so much fun, and it just restored that that fun that well, I, I. It was more specific than that. You were old to do monologues, although I had only known you briefly. All you being the collective class, uh, that I thought you might be either timid of or shying away from, or you were already typecasting yourself in such a way that was ridiculous, and you know. So I, the idea was to have you all tackle some material that might be a little scary for you. And I think all but one came through in with wonderful, as I recall at the end of that day, saying I wanted to cheer. Yeah. That I was so thrilled with all of you. I was just, I was cheering. Yeah, I had so much fun. But en- enough about me, about you. I don't know how you feel about the term actress, but I, I it's not my favorite because I think it splits us apart. And in my opinion, you're one of the greatest actors of all time. I always use the word actor. Yeah. yeah just because it's, to me, it's just what you call the artist. But, yeah. um, um, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I don't know about this old time stuff or anything. It implies a comparison. And, yeah. And the, the whole point is to have use your talents your, that are unique to you in such a way of to interpret and communicate. So that uh, comparison is, is like, is silly to me. Uh, how many, you know, great performances does one have as opposed to another? I don't know. How many yeah. jobs have they had? How many opportunities? What, um, what else have they done with their life? It's yeah. not, I mean, someone asked me about my generation, right? Which is Meryl and Jessica Lang and Sigourney Weaver. And, ah, uh, I know I'm forgetting. Yeah. I don't know how many, but, um, I said, well, don't you think that the most important thing is what kind of people we've turned out as. Yeah. Because I think all these women are interesting and involved and active and intelligent. And I and I, I just think that that's the measure of their <laughs> lives, not yeah. how many awards they might have gotten. Well, uh, before we dig into the work, I usually like to start at the beginning. So you grew up in Missouri, right? No, 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 no. no. I was born there. You were born there. Yeah, that's but all. I moved after three months. Okay? To, to London, right? No, no, no. Then we went to – my dad was – was, um, Army? A career, no, diplomat. Oh, okay. He was a foreign service officer. Got it. So, no, no, all of your assumptions are wrong. <laughs> it's just yeah. clear the slate. 
Okay. No, when I uh, um, mom mom's family lived in Springfield, Missouri. Got it. And her parents, and so um, yeah, she was on home leave when I I came along, and then we were posted to uh, Canada. Okay. Right away, I think I, as I say I was about three months old. From Canada, we went to Cuba, and my father actually had to close the embassy in Cuba when the when we broke off diplomatic relations wow. with Castro. And then we were in Washington, D.C. a couple of years, and then five years in Caracas, Venezuela. And then we went to London. I was in London throughout my high school years, wow. which were quite... Uh, Quite wonderful. I mean, absolutely wonderful. Imagine the resources of going to school in London, you know. Yeah. And uh, the theater I could see. And the any Did- case, and then when I was 17, my daughter, my my daughter, oof, that was a terrible slip. My father died very, very suddenly. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. And so we had no home in the United States. We'd never lived in the States. Yeah. So we went to my mom's, my grandparents in um, Springfield, Missouri. So you came back. Well, if you can call it that, I never felt like I'd been there. I never felt like I lived there. Yeah, you're more of a citizen of the world. I hope so. Yeah. It was pretty shocking, I have to say. Yeah. And because I had planned to stay on in school in London. That was your junior year, I imagine, then? Or? I was uh, 17. Yeah. I was my freshman. Oh, freshman. I was, yeah, I was. <sighs> Any case, so I went in, into college in Springfield because what else was I going to do? And, and I'm curious, during your time in London, did the, like, did your London parents? London, I was throughout high school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in high school. Did your parents instill the arts in you or did the West End Theater uh, come in? Like, how did. Oh, how, did... It was altogether going to the theater. I remember the first night. We arrived in London and we were staying in this hotel near Marble Arts, as I recall. And I snuck out and uh, snuck into the uh, into a theater. Um, the first night I was there, and at that time, in fact, uh, tickets that were well, we we call them the gods because they're the fourth tier in a British uh, theater in a London theater. And they're so close to God, you just say, yeah, I have a seat in the gods, you know. <laughs> I never knew that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so high up. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's very cheap. Yeah. It's really, really cheap. I, you know, and it's a lot cheaper, in fact, than film. We're going to film. Yeah. And so that's what I did night after night. And did you have an idea? Because, like, you know, now we see British actors invading America and, and they're the best. They're so great. Did you Did you have an idea of that Elizabethan, like, history that those actors were doing, you know, or the roots they had in, in their – I guess the institutions there, they study Shakespeare more well, than we do here. Uh, uh, yes, yeah. I think that's absolutely true. Um, uh, it's more – I felt as though and – I, and I still do to some extent – that we have um, – it was a very excellent, intensive education in general. Um, the, the point is – and I, I, this is – and I tell students this who ask me, you know, should they go to a conservatory? Yeah. Just go study acting. I say no. I say no because everything you learn contributes to the work you do as an actor. Um, and to to shut off some of it, to deliberately you know bar yourself from a body of knowledge is in, to me insane. Yeah, and 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 when you came back to Missouri, did you you know I know you had that 
that enormous tragedy, did you have an idea that acting was going to be what you were? <laughs> oh, pres- no, God almighty, acting saved my sanity. It saved my life. I just, I just went into the theater department and, uh, that was it. Shut the doors. At the University of Missouri? Lived there night and day. Wow. Yeah. And was that a BFA program? Did I have a BFA or do I have a BA? One to other. <laughs> but, but you were bitten by the bug. You knew that was what oh, you were going to – I gonna... knew way before I knew in London I was going to be an actor, yeah. Wow. And then – Oh, yeah. I was I – was, I had – I had um, – I was going to continue at the Central School in London. OK. Uh, for acting. Of drama uh, and speech. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great school. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when you came back to Missouri, did you have an idea of I got to go to L.A. or New York? No. No, there was no choice at the time. Uh, my mother was not doing well. I had a younger brother. I didn't have any choices. So, yeah. uh, no, I just threw myself into the work there. And then a couple of years later, I was doing a play in St. Louis, I guess. It was a a regional theater competition. I think it was the House of Blue Leaves. Wow. I was playing Bananas. And... Uh, a man named Herbert Blau, who is a great theatrical director, and he helped create ACT in San Francisco, oh, yeah. the Oberlin. Uh, he was, he was, um, any case, he had a company, and he was going to Baltimore to start, uh, take over the University of Maryland Baltimore Arts Department. Wow. And he saw the show, he saw the play, and asked me if I wanted to go to join him there. And I said, hell Yes. Yeah. Packed my 1966 Oldsmobile, <laughs> you know, with everything I owned and drove cross country. Wow. And how was that experience in Baltimore? Uh, some of it was thrilling because we created the first international uh, new theater. Uh, it was um, experimental theater uh, conference uh, festival. Wow. It had never been done in the States. And uh we had companies, oh, 50 some from all over the world doing some of it appalling. <laughs> but, you know, some of it was really great. As experimental can be at times. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. 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 And it was just, it was just great. And of course, I was now just a couple of hours from New York. Yeah. And did you start going up for auditions at that point? Or? No, 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 no. I finished school. You did? Uh-huh. I finished school, at which point Herbert Blau asked me to stay on just with his company. And I said, no, no, I, I want to, you know, I want to go out and I want to get and make this my, my living, my yeah. job. And he said, well, if I accepted any money for acting, then I was no better than a whore. What? And I said, said the man with tenure. <laughs> Packed, packed, packed a new car, a new yeah. old car, yeah. and drove up to New York. Wow. And did you immerse yourself in the theater scene here right away? Like, were you? Wh- yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, first thing you do, right? Yeah. You go and buy backstage. Totally. And shit, you know, and start scanning the auditions. And uh, actually, what happened to me was that I, um, and they still do this, they still have to do it, I think, uh, because. Equity requires that agencies have to hold some open auditions. EPAs, equity principal, yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, I got in to one uh, at an agency called Michael Bloom, and uh, they asked me to sign. Then, wow, on the spot. And then they started submitting you for, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, you, was it true you were doing the seagull while uh, before body heat happened? Uh, oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I did a lot of the, the seagull was Tommy Hulse. Yeah, up in Canada, we were at the Manitoba Theater Center in um, Winnipeg. Uh, it was terrible. We were terrible. <laughs> Tommy and I were absolutely doing the wrong work and the wrong jobs, and we knew it. Uh, were you Nina? God, yes. Yeah. The only time, yeah. I ever, only time I ever tried to play an ingenue. <laughs> Never happened again. Never yeah. will. Yeah. In any case, oh, no, I was awful. I was absolutely awful. Um, yeah, no, I did. Uh, but uh, uh, let's see. I know I did a lot of theater around. And you did the doctors uh, as well, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Soap opera. Yeah. Uh, I, would, I did that for almost 18 months before I quit. And they, they, uh, they, there's a funny thing about, and again, this is another union after, yeah, that if I don't, they cannot replace the role, they cannot recast the role, if they are in, if they're suing or in litigation or something with the original actor, yeah. Yeah. So um, I decided I had enough of this whole popper. Yeah, God <laughs> knows I had, and told them I was leaving, and. Uh, they pointed out that they had a contract, and I said I didn't care. Yeah. Um, any case, so they they asked me to to stay and and choose the replace my replacement. Yeah. In terms of, they showed me uh, videos, you know, tapes of different actresses auditioning for the role, and I chose the one I thought was most like me. Yeah. And then later, I used her in Body Heat as as a double. No way. Yeah. And and body, you had heard about the script going around town, right? But was it true you couldn't get in an audition I at first? No, I couldn't get in. It were these two uh, these two men, these two gay guys were the casting directors, and I think I had, um, what's the word I need here? Oh, offended them, I suppose, in some way, challenged them. Yeah, you know, said, well, if that's not what you want, what do you want? And they didn't like that. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, and so. Any case, they were a little pissy uh, toward me, and to begin with, but then they could quite rightfully say I had no film credit. Yeah. So uh, they thought I would be wasting the director's time, Larry Kazan's time, if I was to do an audition. So. And it and it kind of boomeranged and came back, right? Well, I went out to L.A. They flew me out. Another company flew me out to, to uh, for a different film. Yeah. And when I was there, the, the woman was casting. Well, in a cedar was casting, um, casting body. He, he, this was a couple months later, and they still had not cast the role. And so, well, Wally heard I was in town, and asked me to come in and read, and just took me right to Larry. So. Wow. And then history happened. And, yeah. and, and and looking back on that, is that was that a fun experience? Like that being your first big movie? Like when you watch the oh, film, yeah. there's no one else in the world that could have played that role, Matty Walker. Oh, oh, well, we imagine now. You know, I mean, then, uh, who knows? But, um, yeah, no, it was fascinating. It was absolutely fascinating. I knew nothing about filmmaking, you know. And so every day was just so packed with learning and and it was Larry's first time directing yeah and so he was right up against the cinematographer Richard you know saying why this why that why this lens why that light why this and I'm right up against Larry going uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so you know desperately just soaking up everything I could and it was fascinating yeah it was film school so to I speak. didn't really think about the impact of it at all I was so 
caught up in the process. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, that Maddie Walker is such an interesting character. And what, out of, uh, after that, I mean, you, you were shot out of a cannon into the stratosphere, <laughs> you know, and you're the most beautiful no, woman in the world. And I'm, I'm curious because you spoke about this in the class and I'd love to talk to you about it, about positioning, because you chose such interesting scripts. And I'm sure after that film, every studio probably wanted oh, you to do. They all wanted to make Body Heat 2, yeah, right, and, or 3 and, or 4. And how did you position yourself away from that? Well, I just said I wasn't going to do that. Um, uh, to me, I, again, and I, I did say this in class, but I'll say it again, that I, uh, if you look at each job, and you kind of go the opposite direction for the next one. Yeah. So after Body Heat, there was a chance to do The Man with Two Brains, where the character's name is Dolores Benedict, you know, painful traitor. Yeah. And she is the antithesis. I mean, she is. She makes total fun of the Yeah, it parodies it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So that was perfect. Yeah. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Self-awareness <Yeah>. is key. <laughs> yeah. And now after two of those, it was time to get away from the sexy yeah. shit, you know. And... um. So then I went to audition for Romancing. Yeah. And they were, you know, they were saying, you know, can you really be like this insecure, vulnerable, wallflower kind of thing? Yeah. 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 You know, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, it's called acting. (laughs) But I had to go in, you know, no makeup and these baggy old clothes and fall over furniture and, you know, stupid stuff like that. But they loved it. So. That was great. And that started what I will call one of the greatest cinematic chemistries of all time between yeah. you and Michael Douglas. Michael and I, well, we're still having fun. Yeah. I mean, it did, was it a friendship that just – and you guys felt – Well, first of all, you ever – see, it was never just Michael and me. It was Michael, me, and Danny. Yeah. And because the two of them are, are a club. Yeah. And they let me into their clubhouse. Got Essentially, you know, they let me be one of the guys. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was great fun. And But two of them were – they're tough, I'll tell you. I mean, <laughs> you know, so you, you have to. It's a good thing I was a tomboy, you know, growing up because you could handle it. Yeah, barely, yeah. barely. <laughs> uh, but I also, you know, going back, we we shot romancing in Mexico, and going back to South America, and and actually, Michael desperately needed another bilingual person, and. Uh, so I I got the actors, you know, some of whom did not speak wow. English. Manuel Ojeda did not speak English. And so we would have to go through, you know, a kind of a um, sound, you know, translation and everything, try and get them to understand. So it was uh, – they needed me. He needed me, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and was that just so, – I mean because now all we see is action films. But at that time, that must have been so incredible because they were, they were more rare than they are now, you know. Oh, oh altogether. But – yeah, no. Uh, the biggest problem we had was that I I loved it. You see, I loved the stunts. I loved throwing myself. I, they wouldn't let me swing across the gorge because of um, insurance. insurance. Yeah. yeah, right. But I got away with almost every other stunt I could, and just the problem was I kept laughing, and I was supposed to be terror. I was supposed to be terrified, you know. And I'm just having a ball. Yeah. So they had to keep saying to me, you know, Trevor. Yeah. Take this smile now. You know, you're scared. Oh, yeah. 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 And I'm curious to talk to you because now we live in a time where a lot of female actresses are talking about, you know, strong, powerful narratives for women. But 
Crimes of Passion is like that's Whoa. one of one of the greatest, you know, most powerful female protagonists of all time. That poor woman. Now there's a complicated, a complicated character. You know, a very successful, extremely um, confidently seeming, confident seeming woman uh, designer at, by day. Yeah. Who then, you know, goes out and becomes a fifty dollar a whore, fifty dollar, you know, a Hollywood Boulevard whore. And not out of necessity. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no, no. She was, she had some demon that she had to, I'd always rather envisioned that she'd had a failed marriage and that a husband who wasn't doing nearly as well as she did, um, you know, just tore her down, just said, yeah, well, you know, you're not much of a woman, you're not much of this, you know, look at you, you can handle the business world, but, you know, you're crap in the bedroom, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Where a man is so threatened by a woman's success that he he undermines her as as best he can by by attacking her femininity, you know, and that that, um, that hurt her so badly, it wounded her so badly that she set out to prove herself by being a whore. Wow. That's my thinking. I love it. And, and yeah. I, I'm curious to ask you because I stand by what I said, you being one of the greatest actors of all time. And the reason you are so great is what what's on the script isn't like you bring it. It's just there's no, no one else that could there. do it. It's there. It's there. But yeah. you bring you bring such nuance and life to it. And I'm curious, like how – when you approach these characters in these films – it, do you kind of take it aside with the director and work on it, or do you have an idea when you read the script and that's what interests you? Mm, uh, you don't really have, very often have the luxury to you, – you don't start with a blank slate with yeah. a director. Um, you never do. Uh, well, you're not a blank slate. You're never a blank slate. So so uh, what you bring in to, say, the first reading or the first rehearsal um, – is what you're going to develop. Yeah. So you need the kernel. You need uh, the essential elements right from the top. Yeah. And 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 that is that what was interesting you then the the scripts that were coming your way because I imagine there was no shortage of them. Was it? There actually there weren't a lot of there I, there there wasn't there wasn't a shortage is what but I was turning into a double negative. So anyway, yeah. um, I. One of the decisions I made very early was not to live in Los Angeles because I – Talk to me about that. That's a great decision. I made the same one myself and sometimes I yeah. – Well, I know that I'm happiest in a city. Yeah. You know, I like to be on the street. I like to be in the subway. I like to I like to, 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 to look at people and talk to people and I, I need the energy and there was nothing of that. In Los Angeles, but there was a real sense of isolation. I, I have never felt so lonely uh, as out there in L.A. and cut off from the rest of the world. Yeah, and I'm not. I I am a citizen of the world. Damn it! And I want to stay that way. And New York is as close as I can get to the rest of the world. Yeah, so close to England and Paris and everything, and then a stone flow flight away from L.A. If you got to go. Yeah, but you know, choosing at that time. Not to stay in Los Angeles meant also that I wasn't playing the game, you know. Interesting. And uh, were your agents frustrated with you about that? Very, yeah, very. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but you told them how it was. 
Well, there was just well, I wasn't going to live that there. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't live there. I would have. Uh, I don't know what would have happened, but I. I couldn't. Um, I think that there is and was such an atmosphere hostile to women. Yeah. And certainly to women of strength. Um, my not agreeing to play the game yeah. was an affront to many men there who controlled the industry altogether, you know. Misogynistic um, at, at times, I imagine. Oh, or, tremendously. Yeah. Tremendously. It's a culture that's built on it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, although I feel as though it certainly, uh, it, it gave me enough distance also to make decisions because I was not dependent on them. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't waiting for that check. You, you, could, you knew you could choose what you wanted to. Uh, once I was, um, I was on the phone in my apartment. I think my, my fiancé at the time was having breakfast or something and the phone rang and it was one of my agents saying, you know, da 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 I said, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I said, I read the script. That's, that's, it, the script stinks. I said, tell them, fine, tell them I want five mil before I'll consider. And then there was this pause. And I went, no, 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 no. And he said, well, that's where they're starting. And I said, no, okay, fine. Then you tell them no. You just tell them no. <laughs> and I hung up and my fiance looks at me and goes, did you just turn down $5 million? And I said, yeah. Yeah, I did. God, and you know I what that you. film was? What was it? King Solomon's Mine. No way. Was I right or was yeah, I right? You were right. Yeah. Oh, well, then talk to me about how uh, Peggy Sue got married because that, uh, that – that was kind of a deviation from Francis Ford Coppola's kind of more. The only time he's had a leading lady. Yeah, and um, and what? How did that script come your way? Was that something that was? Ooh, that's such a beauty. Um, uh, gosh, I'm not even sure I I quite remember. I just remember meeting with Francis. He he wrote it, and, right? Uh, no, he did not. No, okay. no, no, no. No, not at all. Oh. No, it was a team, a husband-wife team wrote it. And in fact, they tried to make it to a musical. They're still trying to make it into a musical. Really? Yes. Wow. God. God bless them. I'd go right ahead. Yeah. Have a ball. Make that money. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Anyway, but um, sitting down with Francis, you know, and talking about how to pull this off, how to pull off a, you know, I mean, at that time, I think the character was supposed to be 42 and then 16. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I must have been about 37, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I always played older than, than I, I was. Um, uh, it, trying to understand how he saw it in terms of camera work and what he would employ, what he would, what he, what he, what he, what tricks he could, yeah, I could use, as it were. Yeah. You know, from his side. Uh, to be able to to pull off the other, and uh, I remember very clearly that first day, just saying, "Well, Francis, it's not, it's not a lens, it's not a filter, it's not anything. It's uh, it's going to be pure acting. It's going to be just pure acting." Yeah. And he said, "Okay, fine. You know, just do it your way." I said, "Yeah, thanks." So, ah, uh, it was. 
It's a beautiful piece. So beautiful. And, and I'm curious, like, and I don't want to put words. But there were, there were some marvelous tricks. I mean, uh, Francis's designer for years has been, you know, Dean Tabularis. And, and uh, right from the very, very beginning, the first shot, you see Peggy Sue sitting at her dressing table getting ready to go to this The reunion. high school reunion. Right. And uh, she's looking in the mirror. She's picking up a lipstick. She's, you know, talking to her daughter. And the camera pulls back essentially through the mirror to the back of a body double yeah. who's mimicking all my gestures and doing exactly what I'm doing. And so you are suddenly seeing the front and the back of a person at the same time, wow. which is literally not possible. Possible, yeah. So if you accept that, which you do, then you've started to accept magic. And every scene that was in the past that was her 16-year-old thing – the, the the lawns were sprayed with a with a, a a green wash and the streets with a purple and the sidewalks with the yellow wow. and the tree trunks were painted with a red and uh, so there was this sort of watercolor feeling to all those scenes that were shot in that once you went back yeah uh, again you just accept it. And and did you see it as two characters? Because I mean, I know it's the same person, but she's younger. Did you did you tap into a different energy? No. The, the funny part about that is that not having grown up in the states, uh, all this stuff, of, you know, the the phrases and the the prompts, yeah, everything. I didn't know anyway. So um, <laughs> so for me, I, I didn't have to act. It's like I didn't know any of this stuff. So. Wow. And I got to ask, what's it like, you know, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. This is my opinion, like working with an actor who makes such a loud choice, you know, like. You have to accept it if the director accepts it. Um, I mean, I, I in the beginning, I went to Francis and said, look, uh, is this how it's going to be? Because I want to talk to you about this and everything. And he said, yeah. That's that 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 was um, Nicholas. Nicholas Cage said he was doing Gumby or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he said that, that that's Nick's choice, and uh, he and beyond Francis would respect it, and I, I respected that. Yeah. So my job was just to play the truth. Yeah, deal with it. You know. And and uh, with all these movies and this movie stardom, how did how did the theater? Does, I mean, because I know you came from the theater. Oh, I never did, went more than two two and a half years. You did without doing stage, no. To keep well, uh, because I met uh, well, there are a lot of actors who were start out on stage who are then become terrified to go back. Yeah, I see that all the time because they they don't want to take the risks anymore. Well, you know, to me this is rubbish because everything we do. We we designed to make fools of ourselves. I mean, that's the job. Yeah, you know, to be you know to fall on your face. You know, the fact that you don't every time is a miracle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's just silly. But um, yeah, I would see them become afraid and think, well, no, 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 not me. Uh. Uh-uh. So, uh, in between, for example, the first job after Body Heat. Was a Midsummer Night's Dream. No way. I did that Titania and Hippolyta wow. at the arena stage in Washington, D.C. after Body Heat came out. So there. That's amazing. That was great. It was yeah. a great production. Yeah. 
And so then when you were doing a lot of these plays, like, and you, and you transitioned to the 90s, what was interesting you in, in films then? Like, I know, for example, Sofia Coppola played your uh, sister, and then you ended up doing The Virgin Suicides years later. Well, she sent me the script. She had she had written the script um, on spec. I mean, without – Humanities did not, you know – once he read it, he, he gave it approval, and he, he said it was the closest anyone had ever come to capturing the – the truth of in his book, and I think he's right. I think her script was, yeah, you know, was a, a, a true translation. Um, she sent it to me before it was approved, um, saying that she needed she needed me because there are no simple answers. It cannot be just that. Oh, the mother was so awful. So of course, you know, she drove the kids to this. Yeah. No, uh, the mother was as much a victim yeah. as as the children, and so um, one of my strengths is to take what I suppose what could be. One of my strengths is to make you care about the people I do. Yeah, and so this woman, the mother, had to be. You had to care about her uh, and not take the easy way out. You know. And for that, you needed an actress as complicated as me. Yeah. And it's such a heavy piece. I just rewatched oh, it prepping for this so interview, hard. and it holds up so, so hard. Well, my daughter, I think, was also just 14, 15 when we were shooting that. Yeah. And I would, I would call home every night and say, stay alive. <laughs> I miss you. I love you. <laughs> yeah. And I'm so curious now to talk to you, you know, because in the world we live in now, the rules are different. You know, a lot of movie stars do TV and the way actors make it now. Do you feel an actress or an actor, you know, the way you came up doing theater and then getting a movie, that that can still happen for someone now? Or do you think tactically you would advise someone to do it differently? I don't know how I would advise someone, quite honestly. I don't think there's any way, any which way. And uh, the process is so different now than than from when I started out, Lord. You know, I mean, I've been doing this for 42 years now. So uh, everything has gone through a world of change. Um, I think the one determining factor that I see in actors who have made some success is a sense of self, that they have a sense of who they are, and uh, it comes across through the characters they play also. And that's you, – you have to have that. It's, just being a sponge or a chameleon is not, is not the answer. Then it could be anyone. There has to be something. You have to, you have to be sure oh, – it sounds so simple. You have to like who you are. You have to be proud of who you are Yeah. as a person. Yeah. And that's something that can be, I think, lost in a lot of these institutions sometimes, you know, because they I, – I don't want to berate any of them, but I well, – Everybody I, grows up in their own way at their own time. Yeah. Um, but if you don't, if you haven't grown up, um, then you'll, you'll have a few good roles, but you will not last. Yeah. And, and, and the best thing you said to me, and I think it's so true to me, I mean, to the class is like the goal at the end of the day in this, this art is, is just to make a living, you know, to be able yeah. to pay your rent. Yes. And so many people, I think now yeah. because of social media. You know, the idea that, you know, you would be a, a, a huge star 
uh, is one in what, 10 million? Yeah. Uh, that's silly. I mean, look, the great work should be rewarded, and one hopes that it would be, though that itself is not necessarily a given. But to, yeah, I, to me, to earn your living in the profession you've chosen, i.e. acting, is, uh, is, is enough. Yeah. And I'm curious what's, you know, interesting to you now. I know this was a few years ago, but it was such a fun character, Californication. Like, how did that ah. come your way? I, I love Sue Collini. Uh, what a yeah, character. I know. I know. Yeah, she was, oh, my God. Yeah. She, she embarrassed the heck out of me. I can't, what did I, you feel when you read that dialogue every day? I mean, it must have been like I had, old. To, I had to ask people what some of it meant. <laughs> I'd even ask my daughter, I'm like, <laughs> you know, what does this mean? And she'd say, Mom. And I go, wait a minute, wait, how do you know? Yeah. Any case, no, I'm so naive. Um, was it fun working with Tom, David Duchovny, Evan Handler? Was that a good. good- uh, I, I enjoyed uh, Tom Capano. I had a great time, yeah. and, and the ladies were wonderful. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't work much with David at all. I don't think I had any, hardly any scenes with him. Yeah, I guess it was you and Evan. Yeah. 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 Was that? In, in, we'll just leave that be. <laughs> and what 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 interests you now? You know, like with what you're doing. Well, right now, what I'm doing is uh, creating a full length theatrical show um, of my um, my cabaret. I tell stories and I sing songs to go with the stories. And in November, I'll be doing. I won't do it in theaters. It's not a club act. Yeah. it's a full length two act. Evening. And um, so in November, I'm doing some shows in South Carolina and then Chicago. Wow. Do, yeah. do you have roots to either of those? Or I'm curious no, what, why I, you no, chose. This, this is just way out on that limb. Wow. Just, I'm just going, you guys are going to do it. I, I, I'm a great storyteller. Yeah. I love telling stories. And uh, turns out I'm a pretty damn good singer, too. No way. Amazing. I'm going to have yeah. to come to one of those. That's incredible. It's yeah. grand. And I. I I can cut this out if we can't talk about it, but you, you've got the Kaminsky method coming out too, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And how does that feel to come back to Michael again? All oh, the- we had a good time. Yeah. We had a very nice time. And it was just, it was, you know, it was just a natural. It was like, oh, yeah, of course she's playing his wife. You know, who else yeah. you know, could play his wife? Sometimes I think that Catherine must be really pissed at me because it's still like we're still associated so much, Michael and I. But anyway, <laughs> um, no, I'm sure she doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, in any case, yeah, no, that was swell. That was swell. I really enjoyed that. And I have this Netflix piece coming out uh, with Dolly Parton. Wow. Yeah. What's that it's, called? Um, it, well, Old Bones. I play an old hillbilly. Nice. Yeah, live up up the mountain, you know, and all the kids, they, they think I'm a witchy woman, but I'm not. Not really, <laughs> you know. Anyway, it was great fun. Oh, the, it's a series on Netflix called... Heartstrings, Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, coming out uh, November, I think. And they, she took some of her favorite songs, and they made you know whole shows about them. Wow! So I play old bones in five five layers of age makeup and body padding and a wig down to my. Ass. I mean, I was like, who? I had a ball, an absolute ball. That's amazing, and I'm I'm curious to ask you, you know what? What's inspiring you now? Are there any filmmakers, artists? Like, what what are you watching? Well, I've got a script I'm going to do in the fall, a film, a new film. And I... Uh, Can you talk much about it? Well, I tell you, the opening scene, the, f- the first time you, 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 you see this woman 
uh, in silk pajamas and a robe, sitting in a tub with dark glasses on, with a shower going on full. Yeah. And she gets up out of the tub and she walks out past, you know, soaking wet, dripping, dripping every, walks out past her hair, you know, her, her sort of caretaker and says, you know, it's a little damp in there. Goes like, there's another scene where she sits in the shower in an evening gown. I mean, I, come on, you, you, first time you see this woman. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what an intro! Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, and it's fun. I'm so grateful to you being here. It means so much to me. And oh, thank you. You were so kind to me, and it was so fun to learn with you and and just to watch you read sonnets. You know, like that's why we do this as actors. And I really appreciate you giving back, and I appreciate you being a guest today. It means so much to me. You're most welcome. Kathleen Turner, I got so much love for you. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. All right. To be continued. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. <laughs>